0: Our special guest today is Brant Cooper. Brant is the CEO and founder of Moves the Needle. He founded the company in 2013. Brant is also a New York Times bestselling author of a few books at least, such as The Lean Entrepreneur and Disruption Proof, which I'm sure we'll learn a little bit more in this discussion. Brant works as a trusted advisor to startups and large, com- large enterprises around the world. He has spent more than 25 years Excuse me, he has more than 25 years of expertise in changing the industrial age mindset into a digital age opportunity. Brandt blends agile, human-centered design, lean methodologies to unite entrepreneur action from the front lines to the C-suite. As a sought-after keynote speaker, startup mentor, executive advisor, Brandt has traveled the globe sharing his vision for reimagining the 21st century organization. Through agility, digital transformation, and a focus of creating value for customers, he has helped leaders navigate the uncertainty brought on by increased complexity and endless disruption. With that said, welcome, Brant. Thanks so much for having me, Rich. (laughs) I could go on and on and on. So, (laughs) well, Brant, again, thanks so much for uh, taking the time. Uh, I know our listeners are going to be really grateful for you sharing your wisdom But I want to start out right from the beginning, which is really the beginning of your story. Uh, If I understand right, about 2013 you started move the needle. But tell us what was going on with you. Why did you start that company? What was some of the thought processes? What tipped you in to go all in?
1: Yeah, so my background before that was uh, up in the Silicon Valley area, uh, doing you know uh, participating in several startups up there during the dot com boom and bust. And after the bust, there were uh, there were actually a number of people that were talking about, you know, why are we trying to build startups so they look like big companies? Look at how all of these big companies are struggling. And so I was one of those people writing about that and ended up uh, writing a book for Silicon Valley startup people that became very popular, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Customer Development. And that sort of launched this new career, which was about how do I help startups uh, get off the ground? uh, without wasting time and money, uh, trying to launch ideas that won't work. And so, uh, the lean entrepreneur, the book, the lean entrepreneur brought that sort of thinking to the large enterprise. So I typically, I would, i work with startups for free. They don't have a lot of money to spend, uh, <laughs> but the, the money's in the enterprises, but certainly, you know, they were, they needed to benefit it or benefit from it a, a, as well, uh, and so that's been that's been quite the journey, just just trying to navigate the big companies and try to bring a more entrepreneurial mindset to different pockets inside those companies.
0: So you were, you wrote you started by writing about it. Right. And so you were right. Were you a writer? Was this writing a book, something you've done in the past? Or you just decide, uh, I got I got to tell the world about this.
1: I've always been a writer. I write wrote a very sophomore novel out of college and, uh, was, uh, an English minor, uh, with an economics major. So sort of an interesting combination. (laughs) So I've always, I've always enjoyed writing. I never, I never foresaw that I'd be writing business books, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of stories in there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of telling about, you know, how do people overcome obstacles to launching new revenue streams and new products and, and, uh, and so I think that that's what's that's what spurred me to to try to share some of those stories
0: but you decided to go all in not just that one book you decided to actually this is going to be your business so uh did you have some mental hurdles yourself you had to overcome or fears or some naysayers out there
1: or? yeah well you know I never I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur I I enjoyed sort of the idea of entrepreneurship was introduced to me when I joined my first startup in 1997 and 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 what was empowering about that was understanding that there were actually these young organizations where they expected you to figure out how you could drive impact it wasn't about doing what your boss said it was about you going and figuring it out and so i think that i think entrepreneurs are sort of a special breed but i think anybody could be taught the entrepreneurial spirit and so that was sort of what awoke in me when i was at these various uh, these various startups and so i think that there's uh, i think that the maybe the most powerful aspect of of launching or going out on your own is believing that if it fails you're still going to be able to take care of yourself and your family that, that things are going to turn out okay and so that's a there's a little bit of faith in there, perhaps, but it's yeah. it's sort of relying on your own. Listen, I'm going to be okay. And so I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot,
0: yeah, and I don't know if the statistic is right, but I'm going to say it. They said, oh, like a hundred years ago, ninety five percent of us were entrepreneurs because we were all farmers. And we just that was just yeah. in our, that was in our spirit. Then the industrial age come came, which I know you address here and in, in what you do for a living. And then we all became, you know, W two employees. And we kind of lost that entrepreneur spirit. But I, I'm a firm believer. It's it's in us. So this has to be dusted off. Read a good book. Get a good mentor. You know, have some build, rebuild your confidence. I think it's in, in most not in most of us, not all of us, but most of us.
1: I I agree with you. And I think that there's a, I think I read in a in a Pete uh, Drucker book. Uh, he was talking about how it's sort of a cliche that the you know the entrepreneurs are the risk takers. And it's actually not true. The entrepreneurs are actually the ones that are the risk mitigators. Uh, so, so I think that it's 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 about reducing risk and reducing the uncertainty so that you actually can succeed. That's the that's the whole key.
0: Absolutely. And uh, before we started the show, we were talking about the map on your wall. So people are watching this can see this, but the people are listening can't. But your map on the wall is upside down. And I asked you why, and tell me, give me your answer.
1: Well, so first answer is always, there's no there's no such thing as upside down out in space. And so the idea is to give one just a little bit of a different perspective and uh, and and to be able to view the world in a little bit differently than necessarily how we're taught or how we've been how we just based upon growing up in our culture, how we end up believing in things and 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 taking a look from a different perspective can actually be super eye-opening and empowering.
0: Yeah, I agree. I imagine every time you walk in there, it kind of just kind of gives you a little bit of a pause. <laughs> like...
1: Well, you can't see from here, but there's also uh, little pins in there for all of the places that I've been lucky enough to visit, and places that I've gone with uh, in a different color with my daughters, and so that's uh, that's always fun to be able to to take a look and see. Uh, I'm a fortunate person. I how much of the world I've I've been able to see.
0: Fantastic. Well, let me ask you a question. If you look back okay, uh, whatever, that's almost 10 years. Um, anything you would have done differently?
1: Oh, I think that there's a ton I would have done differently. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, I think that uh, managing people, I think is one of the hardest things about running a business. And uh, And there's, I don't know if I could have done things differently because so much of it is a learning curve. And so it's being able to, be self-aware enough to admit when you don't know something, and then and then seek the help that you need, or or run experiments, or f- to figure out how to how to learn how how to know. And I think that uh, I've always been one that wanted to empower my people. And I think I started out with like, okay, you're empowered, go be empowered. <laughs> uh, I- instead of actually trying to figure out what, how do you teach people to be empowered? It's actually a teaching exercise as much as anything else. Um, and I, I, just, I guess I think that there's, uh, I don't know. I think you know, to be honest, if you're trying to grow your company, I think that there's always mistakes made. So it's pretty easy to look backwards and go like, yeah, got that one wrong. Um, yeah. But that's part of the process.
0: That's part of the process. Exactly right. And I said a lot of our listeners here, our CEOs are saying, I want to create create another income stream. So the good news is about the, the uh, multiple income streams. You get to Change things and adapt things and adjust things from what you learn from your first business to uh, carry on to your future endeavors. So I think you're right. We're always making mistakes. The real key is are we learning from them? But we also make good decisions. So let me ask you a question: Is there any key decision that you had made that you had think brought the biggest success for you? Mm, well,
1: you know, I based upon what my company does, it's it's actually eating your own dog food, and and it. You know, it's actually tougher than it sounds. <laughs> so, uh, you know, one of the primary things that w- that we teach and what we focus on is that whenever we come with a new idea, whether it's a new product idea or a new market to tackle, uh, we're full of assumptions. And especially if we were successful in the past, we sort of, we believe all of those assumptions to be true. But one of the things you, know, you talk about, in, in the opening, you talk about the headwinds. One of the things that's true, I think, in the digital age that's different in the industrial age is the amount of complexity and uncertainty in the world means that just because we were successful before, it means it's even more unlikely. There's more uncertainty about uh, whatever under, endeavor we're undertaking now. And so I think it's easy to assume our assumptions are correct. And and so I fall into this trap even though I teach this stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm Customers are going to love this, right? And so, building the rigor in, building the rigor to test your assumptions and use data and insights to cut through your biases and to do that in a disciplined way so that we're willing to be shown how we're wrong. And that's actually how you get to success quicker.
0: Well, I want to stay, I want to go back to that topic in a minute, but you mentioned the word discipline. So, as a CEO, what disciplines or practice have you put in place so you'd help you navigate the headwinds and stay on top of your game?
1: I think today more than ever, the CEO or founder's job is to be in exploration mode, primarily in exploration mode. So businesses that don't grow tend to not grow because the head, the head person, the CEO is busy doing the execution work or managing the execution work as opposed to the exploration work. And so execution work means that you figured out the blueprint. Uh, In today's world, the blueprint needs to constantly be changing, improving, updating, Uh, but you really need to be able to pass that on like the existing market. What we've learned is passed on to people that are primarily in execution mode. And then my job as CEO is to go off into, now what do I need to learn next? What is the bottleneck to my next growth? What How can I Im- improve things in, in you know what where's the uncertainty in my business? That's my job to go tackle that. And so I, I live that as much as possible. My execution work, I've got people that I trust that I can pass it on to. I don't manage them that, in such a way that they have to do my level of expertise. It has to be expertise in in the delivery of goods and services that makes the customer happy and satisfied and, and loyal and passionate and all those great things, but not to my degree of expertise, but to what the market needs, and then I'm off in exploration mode.
0: You know, I think that's such a great insight. You know, you have to tie the two together. You mentioned earlier about finding employees and empowering them. I think empowering is a key word in having initi- uh, initiative. Initiative. Because, because you as a founder, this, this world's moving so quick. You know, you, you got to, you can't be micromanaging people and keep up with the the fast pace of what's going on in, in this world. And so the only way you're going to survive is having that team that you've empowered, finding good people that have initiative, so you can go freed up to do what you're spo- supposed to do as a leader and founder. Yeah, fantastic. I want to talk about you know, in your in your books or in your in your business, you are changing. The industrial age mindset to a digital mindset or looking for new opportunities to the digital world. Can you just briefly talk about that?
1: Yeah, it actually it dovetails perfectly with what we were talking about before. So if you imagine you're you're building a microwave of it in the 50s or the 60s, you had technical risk, can we build it? and we had operational risk. Can we produce this uh, at a cost that allows the middle class, to be able to afford it. You overcome those two things, there's very little market risk. It was such new technology and, and saves people time and makes the housewives uh, happier. And and, and the uh, it, it, all of those type of appliances brought all sorts of convenience and raised our standard of living. So there was very little market risk. And so we managed our companies purely in execution mode. We didn't empower employees. We didn't make them agile. We didn't delegate decision-making. All of the decision-making was in the center of the company, and we pushed that down. It's sort of very hierarchical and very command and control. And, you know, in many ways, that was appropriate for the industrial age. Today in the digital world, it's exactly the opposite. So your pyramid that you've built with the top down is now flipped. It's the other way around. Mm. Uh, We know that we can build Technology is not the biggest risk for most companies. We actually are very good at operational excellence. There's not a lot of risk there. But the changing nature of customer needs, disruptions that roll across the, the, uh, the economy, uh, supply chain, ransomware, pandemic, you know, it's just one after the other these days. And these things have always happened, by the way. Uh, but now because of the digital age, They, all of the the global interconnectedness, the speed of information, the speed of disinformation means that these things ripple across the, everybody's economy all over the world. And so that's why there's so much complexity and uncertainty. And so all of the new information is not in the middle of the company. It comes in from the edge of the company. And this is why we need to delegate decision-making. This is why we now suddenly need to empower these teams because the information is out on the edge, not in the center. And so we have to purposely build this empowerment so that people can take in that information and make decisions, not all decisions, but they also, you have to build the communication so that that information moves up the company and across the company to the people that need to know. And so it ends up being that the, really the organizational design of modern companies should be different than in in the the centralized command and control of the industrial age. And a lot of those companies, look to the digital companies for how to do that, right? So the Amazon two pizza team and and Spotify with their matrix reporting, and they've got tribes and squads and and there's a bunch of companies that are doing this. And that's, that's reflective of the organizational design that's required in the fast moving, Mm ever-changing digital age.
0: You know, I love that visual, you know, the information's coming in from the, the edges and you need to put qualified teams at those entrance points and to gather that data, sort it out so, and protect the core and filter it and, and, and look at that data and report up. Uh, I think it's a great imagery to do.
1: Well, and, the, and and there's no, it's not a coincidence that people are talking about being customer centric, right? Because that is going out to the customers to get that information that's needed, the insights and the data that allows you to produce the products that are going to be successful in this age.
0: Okay, So you mentioned a couple of things and I'm going to categorize it as headwinds. Okay. We got a yep. supply chain thing. We got a, a labor thing. We got a pandemic thing. We got a potential war looming out there. We got economic uncertainty. You're a founder of a company. You're responsible for people. Uh, what are you, how are you navigating these things? How are you finding it? Exciting, challenging, fearful?
1: Uh, I I guess I think it's exciting, but I also think it's uh you know, it's a, it's a mystery. And so, uh, you know, I talk so much about exploration mode and and I feel like that's what I'm in again. I, you know, my company suffered uh, quite a bit during the, the pandemic. We've been doing all of our engagements in person uh, workshops and accelerator programs and advising executives. And suddenly that's gone. And I think that the buying patterns of large organizations is not going to bounce back in the same way it was. It's different how they're, what they are focused on is different. And so I feel like we are running a lot of experiments. We're really trying to test. Uh, I've, you know, updated the website and and new services with my people. We've, we're launching new services and and the marketing around those services and everything is an experiment until we figure out what is that blueprint again, to be able to sell our core uh, value prop to, to the post-pandemic world. So I, it's, I guess it's a little scary too, but it's also, I think that in, in a lot of ways, that's what entrepreneurs live for, is, is tackling that uncertainty and figuring that stuff out.
0: You know, I ask everybody on my show, because we're all founders of companies, and they say, would, would you start a business today in this uh, climate?
1: I totally would, you know, whenever there's a lot of uncertainty, I think that that's actually an opportunity. Uh, uh, I think that the key is, and and, and, you know, not to sort of beat a dead horse, but the key is, is to be able to admit that you don't know and that you're running these experiments. So the, the idea of running, you know, side hustles of trying to figure out, you know, launching these different experiments and, and different little businesses to see if, you know, what catches on, it's easier to do that today than ever and so i think that people should be doing that as a standard part of business to be off- uh, to be honest and even if you're existing inside of a large corporation what is a side hustle that you can start up to see if you can figure out where there's a market and i it's just it's amazingly easy to do and 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 in some ways the pandemic helped because you can actually get customers on zoom way easier now than before you actually had to schedule meetings and and people didn't know how to how to reach out and now it's it's sort of standard to be able to to get a hold of people and people are wanting to talk they want to share what their their dreams and their aspirations and their needs are and that's how you're going to find a market.
0: Yeah, yeah. And this is one reason I started the podcast I I was wanted to do uh, diversify a little bit uh, you know, yep. energy excitement learning. I go, what better way to talk to other founders around the country and around it's the world? It's a great idea. You know, and we get a chance to share notes, best practices. We're, in, we're, in a, we're not in this alone. We're trying to figure it out. So, uh, yeah, and, I, and besides that, I, it's, I just love doing it. I meet really great people like yourself. And I'm really grateful for people like yourself who are willing to share this information. Okay, use the word exploring a lot. I'm going to use the word lifelong learner because that sounds like it's exactly what you are. Where are you learning right now?
1: Uh, well, I, I think it's, it's how to get my business back onto a growth trajectory. And, uh, so I think I, I I sort of talked about that, but it's, it's, uh, um, you know, there's a, there's the moves, the needle angle, there's the book angle, and then there's uh online courses that I'm playing with that startup blue book.com, which is again, really just trying to help people get off the ground with their, with their business idea, uh, so it's, uh, I don't know, it's trying to figure out where, where where's the next growth coming from. And I think it's really, you know, people often c- focus too early on marketing. And it's to me, it's not marketing as much as it's understanding what that core value proposition that I can bring to a market segment. And that's, you know, what we call product market fit, right? And so mm-hmm. that's, that's actually where the exploration is arguably the most difficult, but the most reward. That's the most bang for the buck. Um, the moment that you actually find that product or service that you could sell to a you know this core constituency, the people that would be lining up out the door to get to get a hold of it, that's where you see the the growth. And and I like to point out, you know, that people think of growth as being binary, like I found growth and in there, you know, you're you got the <laughs> hockey stick. Whereas the normal course of business is a plateau. And so what you're trying to do is. Look at your data, look at your your sales and your marketing and your your core value proposition. And where's the bottleneck? And then you remove the bottleneck and you see a little bit of a little bit of growth and then it flattens out again. And so it's that's really what exploration mode is or or lifelong learning is really what's the next obstacle that I need to remove in order to see a little jump in growth.
0: Unfortunately, a lot of times we're the obstacles.
1: (laughs) We're, We're the bottleneck. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's true that's true that's actually i think where uh where that's actually where employee empowerment comes in do, yeah. do your actually do your employees have the guts to tell you when you're wrong that's actually a pretty good metric right there
0: yeah i like that i like that great well all right so i want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about move the needle you mentioned um you have a current book you have a new book coming out or is it out uh
1: Yeah. So the the company Moves the Needle is the one that supports really the big brands, the big companies around the world. Uh, We've had some amazing uh, clients and we're teaching them again how how to bring this entrepreneurial spirit, not only to their innovation team, but to their core business because they're facing all of these headwinds as well. Uh, The last book I, I wrote came out in November of last year called Disruption Proof. And basically it's all the topic we we talked about today. It is about the headwinds and how to organize and structure work uh, facing all of these headwinds. Um, I did, I've also launched, you know, sort of my side hustle that I'm experimenting with, which is startupbluebook.com, which is a series of courses. I've got one course launched, but it's a series of courses for people that want to start their own side hustle or that want to start a business and maybe are not ready to uh, leave their, their job, or maybe they are. And, and, and so the, really the first course is trying to de, de-mysticize the, the, the process of starting a business from a funding and business entity and even marketing perspective.
0: Now is that, is, is that launched? That course
1: is launched startup blue book.com.
0: All right. So I'll make sure we put that in the notes for our listeners. And with that said, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you if they need your services want to learn more? Sign up for this startup bluebook.com, get a copy of your book. Just how do we how do we get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so I am Brant Cooper on all social media and I'm active on on most social media platforms. Uh, my email is brant at brantcooper.com. I really respond to everybody that reaches out. So I encourage your listeners to to reach out with a comment or a question and I'll see if I can see if I can help them. I really feel like it's my mission to help people uh, take control of their own economy. That's actually what freedom is. And so uh, I love what you're doing and I uh, really uh, uh, encourage listeners to reach out.
0: Now, is there, a, is there a certain, you said, who is the customer for you? And so you've talked to anywhere from someone who wants to start a business to major corporations. Is, is that is that wide range? Yeah, so...
1: So uh, uh, the for the entrepreneurs, people that are starting their own business or running small businesses, it's probably startupbluebook.com. Uh, for people that are in large organizations that want their team or their group to be more entrepreneurial, be more agile, move more quickly, learn from their customers, then that's uh, movestheneedle.com.
0: Fantastic. Brent, uh, again, I am so grateful. I know our listeners are going to be grateful for you to willing to share your wisdom. You are on target for what we need today. You really are. So I hope people get a chance to uh, use your services. Now, are your services virtual or still only in person? Because I know you have uh, a event coming up uh, out of the country, right? Coming up soon. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm off it to. Uh, I'm off to Germany in in a couple of weeks, and I've got a live in person engagement and a and a keynote. Um, but we also do virtual too. Uh, virtual, I think, is going to be a standard part of of practice and and, uh so we'll do we go both we go both ways
0: very good well thanks again for your time and uh uh, we'll have this podcast up on all the podcast platforms here in a couple weeks so our listeners can get a chance to listen to it and share that with their friends as well thanks again for your time
1: thanks so much for having me rich good talking to you
0: same here rich lebrun here Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag GetItDoneEntrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.